Hey, everybody. Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. This is going to be a top 10 list of things the Santa Barbara Unified School District can do differently when it comes to their public relations, particularly at school board meetings. I want to just say quickly right away that none of this is intended to be commentary on the crew at the school board meetings, the video crew, the Spanish language crew, the sign language access crew. They do a tremendous job and all of them I have great respect for. They all do a great job. We've gone from one camera to multiple cameras to them being streamed on YouTube and there's incredible work, positive work that is being done. But I want to talk about just the general way the school board has changed, the district has changed in recent months and years when it comes to how they treat the public with a focus on the board meetings. As a journalist, as somebody who is there, who covers these meetings, I think it's worth talking about. And I also have heard it from other people, and I know other people are definitely thinking about it. So let's move down the list. Number 10, okay, move the cabinet out of the room. And if not all of them, most of them. The cabinet now takes up a significant portion of the seating of the school board meeting room. And this is just kind of backwards. Last time I was there, I counted the number of seats. There were 37 seats that were available for the public. Think about that. There were more than 200 people who were at the last school board meeting. Where are they sitting? They're sitting in the very back overflow room. They're standing in the hallways. They're sitting and standing anywhere they can find space. I mean, it's, it's kind of embarrassing because you have... Uh, children. You have uh, people who are out in the cold hanging on from the side. It just does not look very professional. Whereas you have highly paid cabinet members and comfortable chairs sitting in the main room. Now, it wasn't always this way. There's always been kind of a, a wall uh, of cabinet members, but they've added a second row. And I think it's unnecessary. And I think if you're trying to communicate to the public and you want parents to be engaged and involved, let them sit in the front row. I will, or let them sit in the room. I will say that Ed Kelly left a couple of media seats, the public information officer for the school district, and that's great, and I appreciate that. But we really need more seats for everybody, not just the cabinet. So I think as a great goodwill gesture, the school district should move some of those cabinet seats out of that main area because thirty-seven seats in your main room for the public is really not enough. Okay, number nine, move the lectern that people speak at, sometimes referred to as a podium, back to where it was, which was off to the side against the wall. They moved it to the middle, which takes up an entire row, and it goes back to the other seating perspective. Are we trying to get the most amount of people in a school board meeting room, or are we trying to get the fewest amount? Because it feels like there's an effort to get people out of that main room and push them to the back room. So move that lectern back off to the side and you have a whole row of seats for, for people, for the public to sit down. It's super important, okay? Now at these school board meetings, when there's a long list of people talking, they will shorten the amount of time they're allowed to speak, okay? So number eight is 
Give speakers more than 90 seconds to talk. Give me a break. You think about this. Teachers, parents, students, anyone who comes to a board meeting to talk, having to be minimized to their whole messaging being 90 seconds? I mean, how do you do that? Now, they will say, oh, we have a long list of people, so we have to shorten that. But that's really not the public's problem. That's the district's problem. They need a full amount of time. So if they have three minutes and that's the standard, give them their three minutes. And how about letting them speak earlier? If you're concerned about the meeting going too long, well, maybe moving all of the reports that the school district does on what they're doing toward the end of the meeting would be better. Start right away with the public comment on the most significant newsworthy issues. Journalists know what they are. The public knows what they are. Certainly the school district knows what they are. So let them talk because minimizing them to 90 seconds just says we kind of don't really care about the depth of what you have to say. We're just kind of going through the process because we're obligated by the Brown Act to do this. And that's not a good way to treat people publicly, particularly on these very controversial hot issues. Okay. Number seven at these school board meetings, stop telling the audience not to clap and cheer. Okay. This is really rude because people have feelings. They have emotions. These are issues that affect Kids, families, the most important things that affect us all. And often, if you're coming to a meeting, you are there to stress a problem, point out a problem. You're going to be emotional. You never tell people when they're getting a proclamation not to cheer. You never tell them not to clap. It's only the people who have an issue with the district that you tell not to clap and cheer. So don't do that. We have a First Amendment right to express ourselves. We have rights in the California Constitution to be able to speak and talk at these meetings. Telling people not to clap and cheer because you want to be respectful to everybody is the opposite. It's actually being disrespectful to everybody. All the board members should be able to hear clapping and cheering and have it not be so intrusive on them. I mean, how much time, extra time does it really take? Maybe it seems like a lot when you're giving people only 90 seconds, okay? Number six, stop being so defensive, okay? Board members act as though they are working for the cabinet. They act as though, sorry, the board, the board members act as though they're working for the cabinet, they're working for the superintendent. They act as though they're employees, staff members of the district. When the public comes out to talk, you're an elected board member. You should get excited. You should get enthused by the fact that there's activity, there's activism. There are people who want to go to a school board meeting on a Tuesday night, take time away from their families, and talk about an issue. Right? That should be, give you some energy because everybody theoretically ran because they wanted to represent the students, the families, the people who are users of the education system. I don't think anybody ran so they could be defensive of the highly paid administration. Okay, I think they ran to be advocates of the people. So when you're a board member and you're listening to somebody talk, okay, 
try not to be so defensive if there's clapping, if there's cheering, if there's comments made directly at you. You should feel good about that because that means, wow, people care. That's what matters, okay? And then number five is a bit of a history lesson. Of course, we know, and we're going to get there in a few minutes, the whole cabinet has turned over except for John Becchio. Okay. When there are big ticket items, when there are controversial meetings, move the meetings. Move them to any number of the properties that you have control over where there are more seats. That is not that complicated. Historically, the school district has moved big time meetings to the Marjorie Luke Theater. Okay. That's a big venue. There's lots of seats. Years ago, the whole bilingual education debate, all of those meetings took place there, okay? And so everyone in the public had a place to sit. It wasn't as though you had children sitting, sitting out in the cold on the patio or on the sidewalk like what happens now with these board meetings. Well, the board members and the cabinet are in these comfortable chairs, okay? Move the meeting to the Marjorie Luke Theater so everybody can have ample space. Instead of worrying about whether clapping and cheering is disrespectful, maybe you should think about how disrespectful it is to expect 200 people to cram into a small little room. And in fact, it's a small room and then a hallway and then an overflow room and then people hanging out any space they can. So you have control of these properties. Just do that. I Probably think there's not a lot of historical knowledge that that knows that, but you you have the right to move these meetings. And the Marjorie Luke Theater is an incredible place to do it. Okay, along those lines, like I don't want to create more work for myself, but maybe you should hold school board meetings weekly or at least more often than every other week. Because what happens is there's closed session at the beginning, and then they come out. Starts at five thirty six. They do all their stuff ahead of time, their resolutions. By the time you get to any significant issue, it's 6.30, 7 o'clock, and then 10 o'clock comes. And what have you talked about? You've rushed everybody through public comment. Sometimes the significant items are later. Nobody's there. Why? Why do we have to cram all of these really important issues into essentially a three-hour meeting every two weeks, okay? That does not make any sense. I don't know why we can't meet every week. And if not every week, maybe meet uh, three weeks out of the month or something, okay? But we have to get away from the idea that the school board meetings are for the school board members and the cabinet and the superintendent only to talk, that is not what they are for. They are for the public to be able to engage with the superintendent, with the board, with the cabinet, and have a conversation. And you can't have a conversation when you have a power imbalance. And all the power at these meetings comes from the superintendent, the cabinet, and the board members. And then you expect the public to feel heard and respected when they get 90 seconds to talk. Okay, and they can't clap or cheer or anything like that. But if you're given a resolution and it's a nice, great thing, then all, we have plenty of time for that. Okay, so we need to figure out a way to make the meetings more frequent, 
give people more time and more space and sort of relax a little bit, okay, so that people have time to, to talk. So holding meetings more frequently is important. I want to talk a little bit about the communication of the school district. Public relations is about more than just reactive press releases, okay? And I think the PIO does a great job. This is not a personal thing with him, but I just want to say that proactive communication goes a long way. So we have Parent Square. Every parent has Parent Square. Those messages should go out to everybody. They should not be just at your local school, okay? Those Parent Square messages should be shared publicly. So everyone in the community knows what's going on. There should not be any surprises. Too often, lately, these schools work in silos and the communication is meant to not allow everybody access to all the information, but it is to keep pockets of information separate from one another. And that just doesn't make sense, right? Let everybody who signs up for Parent Square at any of the school districts be able to know everything that is going on in Santa Barbara Unified. It will go a long way, okay? All right, number two, build teachers into your process. Never, okay, should they be surprised by anything that's happening, happening with any big policy action. Your teachers are your ambassadors, right? They're the people at the school on the ground, they're the liaison between the school, the students and the school district board and the cabinet, and they have to work in both directions. So communicate with them, allow them to tell the story that the district is doing on the ground with their students, because guess what? You just had 2000 students who walked out at three different high schools because they're not advocating for the school district, they're advocating for the teachers. That's a communication breakdown. And to ignore them and say, well, they're just students who want time away from class is shameful. It's embarrassing. It's not true, okay? It's a communication issue. It's a public relations issue. You should be considering your teachers a resource to talk to them and help educate them so that they can educate their students. Because if you don't, and I'm still in this line from one of the students who, who spoke at the Santa Barbara Unified meeting, you're gonna unite Dos Pueblos and San Marcos High School. And to do that, it takes a special superintendent because these schools are rivals and they bonded, united on one thing, it's like, we got a problem with the Santa Barbara Unified School District cabinet and board and superintendent. And that's quite shocking, okay? That's stunning. So you work with the teachers. The teachers are not your enemy, okay? And number one, okay, hire local people to tell the stories of the school district. And this includes the cabinet. Everyone on the cabinet has turned over a few times now since Superintendent Hilda Maldonado was hired in 2020. Is everything her fault? Maybe some say none of it is her fault. I know others say all of it is her fault. I'm not going to lay a percentage on that. But just objectively speaking, okay, you have lots of people, highly qualified people who have left. 
making very good money and they've moved on to jobs making less money for a reason. And who have they been replaced with? In most cases, people from outside of Santa Barbara. Institutional memory matters. You cannot expect to just cookie cutter hire somebody from Los Angeles, from LA Unified, wherever, and expect them to automatically be able to interact with the campuses, with the teachers, with the staff in any way that is meaningful because they don't have any context for anything. And so when the school board, when the school district is looking to hire, they really need to think about that institutional knowledge that exists in this community. This is Santa Barbara. We have the best of the best everywhere. Okay. And I think one of the challenges is I think some of these people from LA come in and think, oh, it's Santa Barbara. It's a different kind of district. We got this wrong. You, you don't have this. This is an extremely diverse community. This is not a district where you can just drop in and think because you've done it somewhere else, you know how to do it here. We've had a near turnover and we just saw the impact of it. I don't have the ability to predict what would have happened if we had Fran Wagnick and Sean Carey and any number of the people who have spent decades at the at the school district, Todd Rickman. I don't know if we'd have 2,000 students walking out in a teacher dispute. I mean, who knows? Maybe we would have, but probably not, okay? Because probably there would have been a little more trust between the teachers and the students with these people who were, were their teachers before, okay? Sean Carey. Fran Wagnick, right? These are people who who taught these kids, and so they know them. So I think the school district, from a public relations perspective, drop the highly paid consultants, okay? Drop all of the special training, public relations training for the superintendent, and think about the rich, strong, vibrant, talented, skillful people in this community, because you can't cookie cutter your way through administration and managing a district like ours. We have too much history. We have too much knowledge. We have too much information and clearly too much power from the ground up to just think I can kind of do whatever I want. So that's my top 10 list. And I hope the school district listens again this is meant from a perspective of, hey, this is what people are talking about. Listen, okay? And everybody can kind of pause and think about how important it is. People take time to come to a school board meeting. They want to feel included. They don't want to feel like they are the problem, all right? That's it. Please leave a comment, uh, like, uh, subscribe to this podcast if it's the first time you're watching. And uh, yeah, spread the word. Thanks a lot for your time.